Buonasera a tutti, good evening and welcome to the Italian Radio Hour. Io sono Viviana and I would like to welcome back our regular listeners and also welcome any new listeners. Also be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Italian Radio Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on any past video interviews. Vorrei dare il benvenuto ai nostri ascoltatori da tutto il mondo, grazie per essere con noi anche oggi mentre continuiamo il nostro viaggio per l'Italia e la cultura italiana. So today, actually, we are going to have a little bit of what I would call a home game, because we're going to have a conversation with uh, um, a very well-known family and business in the Pittsburgh area, so located in the heart of a bustling international shopping neighborhood of the Strip District in Pittsburgh. The Pennsylvania Macaroni Company is one of Pittsburgh's oldest retail establishments, and one of the area's best known Italian specialty stores. It is a popular destination for locals and out of town visitors. And uh, today with us, we'll have the pleasure to have a conversation with Bill and his son, Massimo Sanzeri, to learn the history of the business and what it means to them to be Italian 124 years after their ancestors came to Italy, uh, to the US from Italy. But first, Publicità. Parli italiano? Do you want to learn, improve, or master your Italian? Istituto Mondo Italiano can help. Located in the heart of Regent Square, Mondo Italiano offers small group classes and one-on-one private tutoring to help you learn Italian in no time. Visit us online at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org. Un caffè, per favore. My first cup of coffee sets the tone for my entire day, and I get my coffee at La Prima Espresso. La Prima has been brewing Pittsburgh's best coffee for nearly 35 years. Try any of their in-house roasted varieties of beans from all over the world at home, or come and enjoy an espresso or a cappuccino at any of their locations, where their friendly baristas and familiar faces will make you feel at home. Because a trip to La Prima is like a trip to Italy, only closer to home. While the wait is finally home, uh, over, welcome Bill and Massimo to the Italian Radio Hour. How are you today? Thank you. We're fine and we're happy to be here. Well, um, I'm actually uh, very excited to have Massimo. Uh, Massimo is also a, a student of Italian at Sacred Heart. And uh, so often um, after class, we might catch up on some Italian trends uh, uh, or food related questions. Uh, but recently he actually had to complete an assignment for his language arts um, uh, class and uh, where they had to present a research um, topic of their choice. Uh, Massimo, can you share with our audience what you decided to write about? I decided to write about my family business, Pennsylvania macaroni, because it's like, it's something, it's a topic I like, and it's a topic I know a lot about already. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, obviously a topic that you wrote beautifully about it, and it's very informative. And for those of us <clears throat> who have been uh, living in Pittsburgh for quite a few years, or Pittsburgh natives, uh, Pennsylvania macaroni is one of the destinations where you want to stock up on uh, all the finest ingredients for to prepare your um, an Italian meal, but men, much more than um, than that. Um, but but reading through uh, reading Massimo's papers, I actually came to learn more about the history <clears throat> of the family, which is uh, quite uh, uh, fascinating. It goes back over a hundred years ago. So that knowledge actually contributed a little more 
to you uh, how special uh, uh, the shopping experience could be at uh, Penmark. And uh, with that, I would like to start with uh, uh, with Bill um, to tell us a little bit about um, the uh, the family, when, uh, who was who, because we might see some names repeated as a good tradition of carrying out in father's or grandfather's name. Uh, what part of Italy is the family originally from? The family origin is originally from Trabia, Sicily, which is a small town outside of Palermo. Mm -hmm. A beautiful, uh, I, I think it might be close to the coastline. Um, so some- I believe so. I believe it's inland just a, a little bit. And my grandfather, Augustino, his brother, Michelino, and his oldest brother, Salvatore, came to the United States in the early 1900s. And uh, what, uh, what type of business were they involved in uh, in Sicily before coming to, uh, to the US? Well, the way, the way I understand it is the, my great-grandfather, which would be my dad and uncle's father, mm -hmm. was in exporting mm -hmm. and packing of food products. Okay. So, uh, and uh, do you know by chance if Pittsburgh was indeed their first destination or did they <clears throat> go somewhere else and then eventually uh, move, to, uh, move to Pittsburgh? The brothers came over and started um, an olive oil packaging, pasta producing warehouse in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so that's a neighborhood that we <clears throat> talked about in a recent episode. Um, I didn't know about that. That's uh, that's pretty excited, um, exciting. Um, what happened to that uh, pastificio, that pasta uh, um, factory? The way yeah. we understand it is there was a fire. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the brothers decided to relocate to the Strip District okay. on Penn Avenue mm -hmm. into the building that is 2012 Penn Avenue, which is mm -hmm. the main building where they started in the Strip District. Okay. Now, for people that might not be familiar, nor was I when I first came to Pittsburgh, what was the, you know, what did the Strip District look like and why is it called the Strip District? The Strip District, as I remember as a child, was a start at 10 o'clock at night type of neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There was rail cars, tractor trailers, um, many people loading and unloading. It was a dark place. There was a lot of soot in the city. I remember as a child, things were, everybody was working very hard. Mm -hmm. And there was a terminal called, um, well, the terminal building, Smallman Street Terminal mm -hmm. is where the majority of the produce companies were located. They would bring their product in by rail car, by tractor trailer, shoppers, grocers, would come down there uh, to get their goods. Mm -hmm. And I lost my train of thought. Uh, well, that was also, um, you know, uh, some of the, one of the, uh, uh, let's say, gastronomy, gastronomic experience of Pittsburgh is a permani sandwich, which indeed was created uh, for those who are not local. Uh, indeed, to cater to the truck drivers and anyone that needed to have a 
uh, very nutritious, uh, let's call it, um, um, uh, meal uh, in one go. And uh, again, for those who don't live here, a, a permeni sandwich, and actually primantis, if we wanted to read it uh, the Italian way, it consisted of uh, bread, and then you had your meats, you might have your french fries, your coslo, and so forth. So it was indeed, uh, indeed the neighborhood where all the business, so to speak, was passing by, the trucks were getting loaded, and, uh, and, and so forth. He had designed he had the, the gentleman in the own Permantes, he had designed his business to give the truck drivers and the night workers a full rounded meal. Mm -hmm. That's how the sandwich became to be known as the fries, the coleslaw, the meat, the vegetables, tomato, lettuce, everything was on one sandwich, which made it easy for them. And then um, the business was acquired by Jim Petrinos uh -huh. sometime after. Yes. So uh, as I said, so it gives us the idea that all the commerce was happening in that part of uh, uh, part of the city. Um, Massimo, you read a little bit about, uh, uh, let me see, Augustino and also his wife um, uh, back in the day. Um, do you remember how much they were earning and how uh, their language skills when they first came to uh, to the U.S.? Well, my great grandfather Augustino, he was from Italy. He had he didn't really know English very well, so he had to practice it on a day-to-day -day basis. His wife was from the US, but she was also of Sicilian descent. Mm -hmm. So and, she had the um, advantage her, of the language. Mm -hmm. Angelina. Her name was Angelina. And her family, um, they owned a produce store in New York. Okay. The mm -hmm. Buffalo area. Okay. So now, uh, you know, now the, the, you know, so many generations later, for generations later, so the table is um, reversed. Uh, Agostino came and uh, to the US, um, I had to learn English. Now um, you have the ability to master the language that, um, he brought with him and unfortunately as I hear from a lot of uh, uh, families was actually the first element of Italianness that was lost um, in the process of integration and uh, fitting in. So um, hopefully, hopefully that uh, exploration of the language also, you recently did a project where um, even though your family comes from Sicily, you were assigned to explore a different region. Uh, Massimo, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the project and how you um, and your uh, classmates divided. Who was looking to, into what? Well, we um, divided it. So like the other, my other three partners did landscapes, like known features about it, buildings, et cetera. I did the food part mm -hmm. and I came to realize a lot of food that I didn't know about it was a lot of food I didn't know about came from Lombardia mm -hmm. and uh, so now you got exposed to the north and you the south maybe that you were familiar with and there is the whole middle part that uh, will be worth exploring and you know just not to commit your parents to a trip to Italy but <laughs> we'll put it out there as a graduation gift at some point in your future academic career. 
let's go back to even because you know the first first hand experience of the, the town where the family originated from and uh, the many other uh, beautiful um, sites in, in Italy will really enrich what I perceive uh, you Massimo having already a strong Italian pride um, that you carry and the fact that you have also uh, research your family history in addition to what could have been the stories that you heard at the dinner table um, gives you some sort of a stable feet. Um, that's what I I personally perceive uh, when people know where they came from and where the family came from, um, they have a stronger sense of identity of their own um, self. But now let's go back to like a hundred years ago. Uh, so we had um, uh, Agostino and uh, family, uh, the wife, had, um, there was a, a produce uh, business in uh, New York. And, uh, um, and then the first, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, location in, uh, in, uh, in the strip, in the strip district. Um, now, was the, uh, at the beginning, Pennsylvania macaroni was catering to the, um, the consumers or was it more of a wholesale uh, type of business? Well, Pennsylvania Macaroni, once they moved over to Penn Avenue in the Strip District, would cater to the small mom and pop grocery stores. Mm -hmm. There was a lot on Larimer Avenue. There was a lot in Brookline, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Um, and there was a need to feed the people that were emigrating to the, to the country. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people were settled in the uptown area of Pittsburgh, in the Hill District. And they supplied the groceries. We delivered to grocery stores. They would have a lot of pickups. We did have a small retail store that mm -hmm. we utilized and people could buy things in bulk, mm -hmm. families. And in the early days, families bought in bulk units of 12, things like that, because mm -hmm. they had a lot of family members and they would split up goods between cousins, uncles, aunts, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we, as the, the next generation came in, which my dad, Salvatore, my uncle Robert, and my uncle Anthony, Tony, Uncle Tony, Uncle Bob, Uncle Sal, mm -hmm. uh, we started mm -hmm. to, they started to, sell to restaurants mm -hmm. and pizzerias and hotels and things like that. As the product choices spread, we grew that end of the business a lot. So we were doing grocery business mm -hmm. and food service business. Okay, wonderful. So uh, you mentioned uh, some of the names. So just to give a little genealogy of the, uh, again, of the family, and uh, correct me if I'm mistaken. So we had the three brothers, the Agostino, Salvatore, and Michelino. Uh, Agostino had three children, uh, Salvatore, Bob, and Tony. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he had four children. We, four I children. had three aunts, too. Okay. Those oh. two boys and three. Okay. That doesn't look bad. Of and uh, and then, but Salvatore, um, I mean, um, Agostino uh, passed away when um, Salvatore was uh, pretty young. He was actually going to uh, Central Catholic, right? right? So I believe he had just graduated Central Catholic and he was recruited by his mom, 
come down mm-hmm. and run the business with her full time. Okay. And then uh, uh, he was married to Sally. And here uh, here we have indeed uh, yourself, Ricky, Ronnie, David, Judy, and, and Rob. Yes. Rob uh, unfortunately passed away in 2018. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest brother of the family. Um, so um, was Salvatore still kind of overseeing you? Know, I'm sure the, the children got involved in, in, in the business, the ones that wanted to. So uh, anyone coming to uh, Pennsylvania Macaroni in, uh, I don't know, in the, in the 90s, would they see Salvatore still kind of uh, roaming through the aisles of uh, the store? Absolutely. My dad and my uncle Bob um, were at the store on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, until my father passed away in 2000 mm-hmm. and my uncle Bob would have a presence at the store and at our food service warehouse in Green Tree okay. until the time of his passing. Okay, wonderful. So from what uh, I um, have read, um, there was indeed a, a great sense of respect towards um, uh, Salvatore and your entire family because uh he was not one that was sparing himself from doing uh, any work. Uh, my sense from reading about him and, and uh, about also the rest of the family is that the two main core values, family first, and then a very s- strong sense of family and also an extremely impeccable work of ethic. My father worked very hard. My father built relationships, not only with his children, and his wife, but his customers mm-hmm. were at the top of his list. His customers were treated like family. If they needed help, he helped them. If mm-hmm. they needed help, you know, or if he needed help, they helped him. It was a it was a relationship between businessman and customer that both would prosper. Mm-hmm. It was always a two. Uh, it was always an agreement that everyone has to make money everyone has to survive together without mm-hmm. each other we would not survive mm-hmm. um massimo you didn't have the the the, the fortune to uh, meet your uh, grandfather because he passed away when you were not in the plan yet i think <laughs> but uh the way that um um, you also speak about your uh your father and also you also have some part-time job i don't i don't know if it is during the summer also during the year so it looks like history is is repeating itself right um uh, again wanted to be already productive in society or in your family not that you have to provide for your uh, your family but um tell us a little bit about uh um, about that and uh, I know that your father is next to you but how would you describe also his work ethic and uh... <laughs> totally put on the spot Massimo <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I do have a part-time job at my mother's pizzeria I work there during like Christmas break summer break almost every day I'm off I'm down there mm-hmm. and um, I used to make hoagies and pizza but I eventually moved to the register because I was too slow for the kitchen and um yeah my father's work ethic (laughs) (laughs) and then I would say my father's work ethic I I really haven't seen him work in a long time because last time I seen him work was five years ago (laughs) 
Five years ago for us is nothing, but for how old are you, Massimo? I'm 14, so I was nine so years old. So it's one third of his life, right? Uh -huh. And he mostly worked up at the Green Tree at the wholesale mm -hmm. division. Um, I never really went up there, and he was only at the store two a weekend a month. Mm -hmm. And so I would go with him, but I was really young. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't know what was going on. <laughs> uh so bill what what does it how does it feel to uh obviously be or be associated with the family that has created so much uh for uh in pittsburgh uh not only just for the italian community uh i mean a trip to uh PEMAC, um is something that uh, it's part of uh people's daily routines but also when out out of towners come um it's a must um so what what do you think it makes it so um so special i can i can give you my take afterwards but uh um how does it feel to be part of something that was started from scratch a hundred some years ago and is still standing it, strong it's really an honor and it's very humbling because the way we were raised was we go to work we satisfy our customers, we service our customers, we interact on a daily basis. And to us, it wasn't, it wasn't a, mo a monumental thing that we were doing. We were taught, we go to work, we bring home our loaf of bread and we treat everyone mm -hmm. with respect. So mm -hmm. to me, Growing up, I really didn't think of Pennsylvania macaroni as this really important thing mm -hmm. until I got older and I heard how people, they take their annual trip, biannual trip, twice a month. They bring their children, they bring their, their grandfather, their grandmother, their grandkids. And it is very, very important to the Italian community. Mm -hmm to enjoy Pennsylvania macaroni. Mm -hmm. I knew people that would bring their children. And I knew one man in particular that would speak to his children in Italian and his wife would speak to his children in English. Mm -hmm. And I watched these kids grow up into mm -hmm. wonderful people. Mm -hmm. And I watched a person one day, his, 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 he was in a nursing home and his one wish was he wanted to go to Pennsylvania macaroni. And unfortunately, fortunately for him, he got his wish. Unfortunately, he passed away in the building. No, well. And it was just a wonderful thing. And then I started to realize how important mm -hmm. the company is for the Italian community and chefs and cooks and foodie people. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a it's a point of reference, but also I don't want to say a point of reflection, um, but uh, it is indeed the place when you walk in with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially the multi-generation experience, um, uh, people might reflect or might share, ah, because when I was your age, um, you know, there were, uh, this was happening, and uh, so they share the memories and they pass it on. And I want to share actually a couple of uh, cute pictures. I think they're cute. But you had a very special guest coming to visit Penmark. That was La Befana on January the 6th. She knew that Penmark was indeed the place where she would <laughs> 
indeed um you know get uh, all her supplies and uh, it was actually hysterical so here uh, obviously exploring uh, the, uh, the the um, the counters but here it is this is what i actually like the best and it ties into the point you were just making so obviously you <laughs> it is me but uh, it is something that I do every year and see what is the reaction of people dressing up as the Befana. So this gentleman is kind of looking at me like, um, and who is this lady walks in with her broom? So I introduced myself as the Befana and the gentleman I almost had tears in his eyes because um, he was first uh, generation Italian and he reverted um, immediately to Italian. And he said, you don't know how long it's been since I saw a Befana. And here is, you know, um, you know, all of a sudden from, I don't know how old the gentleman was, but all of a sudden he felt like he was six years um, old. And um, I think places like, um, like this connect the multi-generations and the different um, experiences that um, um, immigrants or professional living overseas, because that's kind of the new name convention, um, have all the place that makes them feel at home um, in some of the routines are very European. Uh, the, the fact of, you know, getting the, the cheese by the weight uh, freshly, you know, every day or every so often. Um, the uh, seeing uh, brands, uh, familiar brands of uh, uh, whether it's pasta or obviously <laughs> the aisle of uh, the Mulino Bianco cookies or anything. Uh, so that's also, you know, um, th that's what I think makes um, an experience at Pimax so, uh, so special for um, everyone. Um, they have written about, uh, you know, the cheese counter quite, uh, uh, quite a bit, I think, in, in, in the past with the hundreds of uh, uh, cheese um, from all over uh, all over the world is that uh, um, that is kind of a big drawing um, part of uh, also coming to Pemac, right? People standing. Right. We have we have an enormous cheese selection that was sort of my brother David's baby, mm -hmm. and he really enjoyed cheeses, and he was the one that really started to expand it. Mm -hmm. In the early days, we had the Parmigiano Reggiano, the Locatelli Romano, we had Cacciacovallo, we had Scamurza, we had uh, uh, provolone with butter in the middle. We had mm -hmm. the basic things, the salamis, the supersatas and things. But now we have, I can't even count how many cheeses we have. Mm -hmm. And the people come to see what the new cheeses are. Yes. Yeah, and then they have the chance to also try a little bit so that uh, before they commit to the purchase. And there were two names that uh, uh, when I was doing some research uh, came about, and maybe you might have recollection of both or maybe just one of the two ladies, uh, Ursula Giannotti um, or, and Carol Pascuzzi. <laughs> uh, Ursula, from, from the time I was uh, little, Ursula was a staple at Pennsylvania Macaroni. Mm -hmm. She did have a store on Larimer Avenue. Mm -hmm. And when she closed her store, she came to work at Pennsylvania Macaroni. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ursula had a following of customers. And like hairdressers have people that follow them. People would come in and I'd be working at the cheese counter with my brother and Ursula and people wouldn't let us wait on them. They wanted her to we bring that nice. You know, I don't know if she kept her thumb on the scale, but 
And yeah, that, that was a tremendous thing. And she was very close to Carol and Nick Pascuzzi. Mm-hmm. Carol and Nick Pascuzzi were uh, employees of ours for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol would refer to everyone as Dearheart. Mm-hmm. And Nick was one of the best employees ever. Nick, Nick just got the cheese, got the meat. He did what he had to do and he went home. And But Carol and Nick are now in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I believe Carol may be working at a cheese shop out there. But she was just, they were both just wonderful, wonderful people for the business mm-hmm. and the community. Okay. So before we uh, closing up, one question for uh, both of you. Um, let's start with you, Bill, so that Massimo can have 30 seconds uh, extra to think about. Uh, what does Italian mean to you? Because now we are so many generations apart. And uh, have you done anything specific, Bill, um, to maintain uh, the the culture of some of the values? And Massimo, what are you going to do with being Italian? <laughs> we We do the holiday, the seven fishes during Christmas. Mm -hmm. Our families get together for Easter. We do Thanksgiving. Um, My father had taught me how to make cannoli, Sicilian cannoli, when I was little. I dreaded the Christmas morning having to get up and cut up cherries, pineapple, and chocolate. Um, But today, that's one of the best things I remember. Mm -hmm. I make the cannolis for the holiday. I make the best cannoli for the holiday. Massimo, you know what, how you can, uh, I don't want to say bribe your Italian teacher, but you know how to get into her grace after the school year is over. (laughs) A little tray of your dad's cannoli. (laughs) We'll make that happen for you. Uh, So you were saying that the traditions that, uh, again, when you were younger, maybe you dreaded and now it's what having reached Yes, yes. You know, growing up, I think there was a lot of discrimination towards the Italians coming up. And my dad, he married my mom, which was the most wonderful person in the world. And she was Irish. Uh And we didn't have as many of the uh, traditions. We we kept the basic traditions. And um, it's just so many wonderful memories of people coming into the store, bringing food home, cooking and eating. I was a very finicky eater. I did not eat Italian food till I was over 20 years old. Oh. <laughs> wonderful. So uh, Massimo, so how, uh, what does it mean to you? Uh, what does it mean for you to be Italian? And what aspects of your Italianness do you think you would want to cultivate? Uh, continuing your um, your progression in life. Well, I, I, as you mentioned before, I do have a lot of Italian pride, and most of that comes from my mother. <laughs> my mother, <laughs> my mother comes from Cal. She's Calabrese, her family, and um, yeah, she um, she gives me she gave me a lot of um, I have a lot of knowledge of Italian traditions, not only from my dad but also my mother mm-hmm. like two two different parts of Italy it's nice to know mm-hmm. two different traditions 
And uh, so do you think a trip to Italy is uh, at some point going to be due? <laughs> I, I've been trying to get my dad to do that for six years now. Yeah, we, 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 have, we have a plan to get him over there and let him see. We want to go to Sicily, to Trebia. We want to go to Calabria. And, and we want to enjoy the, the, the country. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So unfortunately, our conversation uh, is our hour is up. Il Biben ha detto stop. It's time for us to say arrivederci e alla prossima. We want to thank you for tuning into the program. If you have any questions or comments, or if you have any topics you would like us to address, please contact us at the Italian Radio Hour at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And remember, if you or any of your family and friends have missed a prior episode or would like to listen to this episode again, please visit our website at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org and click on the Italian Radio Hour tab. You can also subscribe to the Italian Radio Hour on YouTube or where you catch your favorite podcasts. Uh, I would like to thank our guests, Bill and Massimo Sanseri, our sponsors, Istituto Mundo Italiano, La Prima Espresso, and La Boara for the Music. Until next time, alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Ciao.